So we are back on the bench room with Gorgs on Madiba's radio. It is episode 23. I uh, remember the show it broadcast live on Madiba's radio every Friday between 5 and 6 p.m. So today is all about the Carlin Curry Cup final, uh, which is the Sharks travel up to Pretoria to face the Bulls at the Fortress Lofters. So we're going in depth with these two teams as we welcome President of the Bulls, Willem Strauss, and the Sharks sports coach, Etienne Finn. So do stay tuned on Madiba's radio after this short break. Uh, Willem Strasser, welcome on the bench, Roma. Uh, Gorks, nice talking to you, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Cool, Willem. Let me first congratulate you, uh, your Curry Cup side, in hosting the final of the Loftus uh, this weekend. Uh, well done. Yeah, thank you, Gorks. You know, it's the, can you believe it? It's the first time since 2005 that the Vodacom Bulls have finished top of the lock. And by doing that, I've uh, earned the right to host the semi-final, which we won, and then also now to host the The calling uh, Curry Cup final on Saturday, so uh, first time in 12 years as well. Yes. Last time was in 2009. So yeah, no, we're quite excited about uh, about the opportunity. I mean, Willem, let's let's get straight to it. Uh, you took over from Gerd Vessels uh, in 2018 after he resigned as president of the Bulls franchise. Uh, since then, how has the union transformed into being the household name it once was? Um, I mean, we did mention now 2009 and in, in, in the final, obviously winning the Curry Cup. Yeah, I think, Cox, you know, when we when the new uh, management was was elected, I think uh, uh, we had, had four four particular uh, things that that needed to happen quickly, and, and I'm actually proud to say that that it all happened. I think the first was to to shuffle the personnel a little bit. There was mm-hmm. a, a few problems, especially within the company. We sorted that out. The second thing, which was very important to me, was to uh, to align our structures and to you know to, to Give profile again to our amateur structures, our schools and our clubs mm-hmm. uh, to create pathways for players from within our own province to, to make it to, to provincial or even professional teams. We, we definitely achieve that. And then I think the third important thing for me was to uh, 
to achieve uh, the financial security for, for the union and the company. And we did that with the deal with Mr. Rupert and Mr. Mutsepe. Mm. And uh, then uh, I always thought to that we needed a world-class coach and uh, got it, getting Jake involved was, uh, was uh, obviously the cherry on the cake. And actually as a bonus uh, during the lockdown, which was a, a time for us to, to reset, we also got uh, Edgar Rathbone as our new CEO of the company, which is also a huge bonus, a young dynamic guy with lots of energy. So uh, yeah, I, I think we actually had a very good space and, and it was interesting that once we sorted things out off the field, uh, you know, the, the results seemed to come on the field as well. So the two goes hand in hand. I always say that rugby administration is a team sport, just like rugby is a team sport on the field. If, uh, we aligned and we share a strategy, share a uh, vision and, uh, and a common goal, then, uh, you know, uh, the sky's the limit. So hopefully we've, uh, we've entered a new uh, exciting golden era uh, the, the last decade was terrible from a Bulls perspective. I mean, we won absolutely nothing. Mm. But hopefully we've now uh, laid the foundation for a new golden era. Yeah, so obviously you mentioned Jake White. I mean, he joined the, the, uh, the, the side of, uh, from Montpellier. How were you guys, how were you guys able to, to acquire his services uh, from Montpellier? Yeah, actually from Montpellier, he went to Japan. So his stint was, was finished in, in Japan. And I can remember the previous CEO calling me and said, uh, of course, I said to him, we must, our director of rugby, Alan Zondag, has resigned. Mm. So we were looking for somebody to fill that, that specific post. And uh, when he called me and said that Jake White is, well, he actually called me and said, uh, uh, I'm going to tell you of a coach who's available, but you're not going to like him. <laughs> I don't know for what reason he said that. And then I said, okay, who's this guy? He said, Jake White. I said, <laughs> point him immediately. Where the hell are we going to find the world-class coach like that mm. again? I mean, uh, there was a lot of perceptions around Jake. Uh, but uh, obviously, he's made his, his mistakes, but less than what me and you have done. Yes. But what you can't take away from him is his record. He's had an incredible record with the Sharks, with Montpellier, with Toyota, with uh, Brumbies, the uh, Brumbies. Uh, I mean... Still the only person on the planet that has won the Junior World Cup and the Senior World Cup. So, I mean, you know, his record speaks for itself. Yes. And uh, I must say, what a brilliant, brilliant acquisition. Of course. I mean, we've seen from the, from the results uh, in the Super Rugby Unlock Channel and Curry Cup now. But uh, throughout the season, we've seen a lot of uh, new blood and old faces in the side. Uh, we will start with the old faces. Uh, what was the thought process be, um, in getting back the likes of Mornestain? Don Vermeulen and uh, Arno Berta, uh, just to name a few. Yeah, if, if you go back just a, a few months earlier, we had, I think, uh, quite an extraordinarily strong team in last year's Super, well, the year before last year, in the Super Rugby uh, competition, where we actually finished for the first time in seven years in the qualifying competitions. But then, at the end of that, after the Rugby World Cup, we, we lost a, a lot of our superstars, Andre Pollard, Erges Neyman, uh, Lourdes de Jager, Jesse yes. Krill, the list goes on. Just uh, simply due to the exchange rate, you know, we mm. can't compete with the, with the overseas currencies and with where's the rent, 15 to 1 in dollar, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just uh, mm. we can't compete. But uh, so, yeah, we lost a lot of, of IP and a lot of, of experience. So it was very important to get the likes of Dwayne and Morna. And, and I think it's proven definitely in this season that. That combination between youth and experience, and, and, and Jake mm. has done that brilliantly, mm. is uh, is a winning combination. You know, you need the 
you need the, the, the braveness of the youth, but you also need the cool heads of the experienced guys, a Dwayne Vermeulen and a Trevor Yakana and a Mornestein and a Cornel Hendricks. You, 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 you need that. So, uh, and, uh, and especially once you get to knockout stages. Mm. So I think we've actually done very well in terms of that. Uh, you will see in the media in the next couple of weeks, we will announce a couple of even more high-profile yeah, players yeah, as well, okay. following the, the likes of Marcel Kutsia, etc., so I can promise you we're just going to become stronger as, as we continue down this journey. Yeah, we'll touch on the, the, new, uh, the new faces that you guys might have in later, a little bit later in the show. But uh, obviously you touched on the youth. Now we get to, now we, let's get to the fresh faces. We've seen um, in the union uh, utilize uh, quite a lot of under-21 players in the senior side, especially in the game against the Pumas. Um, some might think it was a bit bizarre. Uh, can you maybe explain this idea um, the idea behind this is it for developmental purposes or what? Uh, I mean, take us through the whole idea behind it. Yeah, look, we've won the last three junior titles in South Africa. We won. The, we are the current uh, under twenty one and under nineteen professional uh, champions. So that is extraordinary. So without doubt, we've got the best youngsters in South Africa. So I think uh, I support. To, to play those young boys uh, against the, the Pumas Curry Cup team 100%. Number one, we were top of the lock, so it was a dead rubber match. There was absolutely nothing in it. Now we already we have the best talent, young talent in South Africa. Now already they've played at that level, which mm-hmm. no other province have had the opportunity to expose the youngsters to. So uh, that's all you're going to learn. You're going to learn from the from the Arda Umana in, in, in that type of game. So mm-hmm. uh, that will be lessons they will, they will take forward with them. Uh, and you must remember, you know, due to COVID and, and everything, the, there's no development competitions like the Super Sport mm. Challenge or the SA Cup or anything like that. So if they don't play a game here and there, this youngsters is not going to play rugby. And in order for you to, to become a better rugby player, I guess a better in, in every sport like that, you, you, need, to, you need to play rugby. Hmm. Uh, so that is uh, the, that was the, the general feeling behind it. Look, if we needed to win the Pumas game to, to stay top of the lock, it would have been obviously quite a different, different team. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's nothing you can read in it. I actually see it as a bonus. As youngsters hmm. have learned about the, the, the big boys in, of in, course. A, in a harsh way. Yeah, of course. I mean, you guys did have a two fixtures in one week. So obviously you did want to save a few um, legs um, in the, on the weekend. But uh, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, look, it's more than that. Huh? I don't think it was so much a problem or uh, the fear of, of getting guys injured. It was more the fear of uh, of COVID. Because yeah. every time we played away in Natal, especially, and we came back, you know, we had we had COVID cases. Hmm. You know, when you start traveling, you have to stay over in a hotel and stuff yeah. like that. You you you're exposed. Of course. So uh, you just keep that in mind. You know, we we're living in extraordinary times. So you need to, to take extraordinary measures. No, of course. Uh, we've seen uh, no less than 13 players coming through from the Bulls uh, schools um, in the club systems, including the high-performance program as well. Has this somehow helped the current success of the union? I mean, you did mention this um, 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 previously, but I mean, obviously, just expand a bit on how this has, has um, helped in the, in, the, in the success of the union. Cook, I missed that first part of the question. Oh, so I was saying, so obviously we've seen no less than 13 players are coming through from the Bulls as schools and club systems, including the high performance program. Um, oh, yeah, has, yeah. This, has, this, helped, has yeah. this helped the current um, success of the union? I mean, you did, um, you did uh, briefly explain this um, 
earlier, but I mean, just if you don't mind expanding on, on, on the whole thought process behind that and how that has helped the union. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's of the utmost importance that we keep our feeder systems strong as always. You know, we do have a school, a strong school system. We do have a strong club system. And uh, it's actually, as you mentioned, fitting. It's, it's, it's more than half of the team that mm. is homegrown, if I can put it like that, which is a very high perform percentage for any professional sport team anywhere in the world. And I, I think, you know, the, the earlier you get your, your guys in your structure, in your system, they, they buy into your values, they buy into your culture, they play for the province, they, they grew up and for the, the, the players before then, it was the hero. So there's a lot of, of uh, benefits to that. And obviously, you know, you, you grow the game in your own uh, region because you, a, a boy can aspire, aspire from Trevi Yakana that grew up in, in Sanin mm. uh, to Ruan Orkia that went to Bonnerboom to Arne Bota that went to Nailstrom to the Afis guys. You know, they can all, there's a direct pathway for him to, to get into the, into the bull structures and the representative teams if he's good enough, if he's got the talent, if he works hard enough. And uh, no, that is very close to my heart and, and we will continue to grow that and, uh, <laughs> and like sort of become a people's team mm. where, uh, where we have a strong, strong uh, homegrown uh, percentage in our, in our representative teams. No, no, of course. Um, now, many sides were obviously impacted negatively by COVID-19. Um, taking into account the protocols provided by SA Rugby, how were you guys able to adapt with the new regulations uh, during the competition? Yeah, no, tough, of course. It's like everybody, like you say, is in the same boat. So, you know, it was tough. Uh, it's, uh, it's very expensive as well, testing yeah. these guys sometimes up to two times a week. But, I mean, you know, uh, player welfare and safety is definitely our number one concern. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it had its impact. You know, you could only start training later during the week. But this is, you know, every team has been uh, uh, exposed to this. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess in the... In our 83-year-old history, no other team before in our history has had to go through this unique and uh, mm. challenges and bizarre circumstances like this specific team. But the guys adapted well. And uh, I mean, we're just grateful, every one of us, that at least there was rugby, you know, albeit in empty stadiums, albeit in, in very, very challenging circumstances. Mm. But at least we were able to play. At least we, uh, we could uh, comply to some of our... Uh, commercial uh, requirements, et cetera, to keep the game alive. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's been tough times, but I must, I must really say that, that our staff and our team management and our team came through it uh, very, very good. Mm. Do you feel that um, the, the, the pandemic has, has you, you obviously use more players. Do you feel that you use more players in, in, during the pandemic than, normally, than normal other seasons? I actually think we probably use less players because, you know, we could only work within a selected squad system. Uh, you couldn't really bring in players from outside uh, or, you know, uh, because, uh, because of number one, the, the fact that it's only a limited number that could, could train and test it and, 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 and stuff like that. But uh, I guess, you know, if it was a normal season... Taking into consideration, I think we probably would have used more or less the same the same amount of players as, as it worked out in, in the end. Okay. Um, SA Rugby and many sporting codes have strongly came out in, in support of transformation uh, with the 
with their respective sporting codes, not just with the players, but obviously with management too. But how has the Bulls addressed uh, this uh, within the organization? Yeah, and the transformation is a huge priority for us, Cork. And, uh, you know, many people might think transformation and is worried about it, scared about it. For me, for me, it's simple. Transformation is a brilliant opportunity to grow this beautiful game of ours, mm. to broaden our base, to create more opportunities for, for players, uh, for coaches, for management, etc. So we've embraced it and we will keep on embracing it. Um, it's actually great for me to see, you know, the, the young black talent coming through, the guys mm. like Joey Mokale, who I think is now the best defensive coach in South Africa with our professional team. Now he's developing with Jake, under Jake as well, and our own management structures, uh, our board members. And actually, we, you know, with Mr. Dr. Mutsepe's uh, involvement as well as the stakeholder, mm. shareholders. So, uh, I'm very happy, but like I say, it remains a priority, and I will really, my dream is to to give as many as possible boys and girls, for that matter, the opportunity to be exposed to our game with, um, in our regions in Swane and Tampopo. Of course, that's obviously one of the most important aspects that we should be looking forward to. Now, let's move on to the final. What can we expect from the Bulls this coming weekend as they take on the Sharks in the final of the Colin Curry Cup? Well, Cook, I think exactly the same as what has happened in the previous two months, three months. <laughs> I don't mm. think uh, they're going to change a hell of a lot in terms of, of Saturday. Jake will tweak one or two things as he did in the, in the semi-final. But it, it remains a playoff, you know. It's, it's the points on, on the scoreboard that will matter at the end of it. There's no bonus points or log points or anything mm. up for grabs. It's just about winning. But I'll guess we'll 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 do what we've done all, all season. We will uh, be good. Uh, try to be good in, in the tight phases. We'll take uh, the the opportunities when they're there. But what I like about Jake and, and this uh, team and culture that is introduced is that you know this team and, and maybe the Bulls teams of the previous uh, era was you know, very much forward orientated and kicking etc. But the, the, this team can mix it up. You know they got exciting. Uh, X-Factor players, Cornel Hendricks in the midfield, Kirtley Aronson, Ravina Jacobs uh, on the wing. Uh, it's young boys, but they they, they got the X-Factor, the game yeah. game breakers. And then you got uh, the, the all the world's experience in, in Mornay Stein with the one everything before. And, uh, so Dwayne van Meelen. So uh, I, I think the, 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 we, we're far from the final product, but I, I just like the vibe within this team. And there's a resilience, Cork. There's a resilience yeah. in this team of, you know, it's like, okay, the, we were leading 14-0, now it's 14-all, but they keep calm. And I think that's probably the influence of Dwayne and those guys. And I must say you, tell you that uh, I, I, I think since the late years from the Vestas and I haven't come across a player with such a presence and who owns a, a, a change room like Dwayne Vermeer. And he is just an incredible... He will go down in history as one of the SA greats. There's no doubt about that. But the, sure. the way he leads, the way he, he speaks to his team, you know, I'm, I'm also when the, sometimes after some of the, the games when he spoke, when he's finished speaking, the, the team burst out clapping hands for him. Mm. You know, it just shows the respect that he that he commands and uh, and uh, that is so vital going into Saturday's match as well. No, hundred percent. Um, now let's moving. Let's move forward to something that we touched on um, earlier about uh, player movement. Um, 
there has been a trend of players coming back and leaving South Africa recently. Um, first part of the question, in your own opinion, how can unions avoid the loss of players? Uh, tough, huh? Hmm. Uh, I mean, one or two of our star players is, is being chased by overseas clubs. And I can tell you, unfortunately, I, I think we're going to lose them because they're not part of the, of the Springbok setup. And, uh, you know, that place, uh, I think, you know, if you get a guy, he will stay for a, for a million or two or three or less if he, he can play for the Springboks or he's in the Springbok mix. If he's not in the Springbok mix, like I say, with the exchange rate, it's so... So uh, nice of them to go and play overseas uh, financially that uh, you can't you, you can't hold it against them. But um, yeah, so I think we will definitely keep ninety uh, percent of our players that we want to retain. Mm. But then actually we we also you know went onto the front foot and we start recruiting yes. to get more depth in, within the squad. Uh, once we'll be able to, uh, obviously subject to COVID to, to start participating in, in the competitions in Europe, we will need a lot of depth. That, that European teams, you know, they are filled with internationals from the Southern Hemisphere, from the Northern Hemisphere. And you will also play a lot of more matches. So you, you, your depth will be tested. So we are in the process of, of addressing that. And like I say, we will be uh, announcing a couple of three, yes. four top, top, top quality players in the next four, few weeks. Uh, um, and already I've announced the, the signing of Marcel Kutsia, who is a tremendous asset, uh, will be a tremendous asset for us and is one currently in Pro 14 for, for Ulster. Yeah, so now um, you've mentioned a, uh, quite a, a few players that you've lost. Do you want to confirm for, with us um, who have you lost so far uh, from the Bulls? <laughs> okay, the only one I can confirm is Ivan van Sale at Skramov, uh, who will be going to, to Saracens. But like I say, yeah, there's one or two hours of hours that's been chased. But we haven't lost them. We haven't given up okay. yet. Marco van Staden, possibly. Yet. We never don't know. Marco van Staden, I mean, we've heard uh, on social media. Yeah, yeah it's Marco a possibility, but it's not, uh, it's definitely not, uh, not final as okay. yet. And uh, then let's move on to the players that you're getting. Um, I don't know, maybe you want to share a bit more about that? Uh, you saw the speculation in the media corporate, and, you know, <laughs> until like Edgar, our CEO, calls me and said he's got a written agreement. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit wary to, to call out names now. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I can tell you it's a leading scrum off, uh, leading fly off utility bag. One, one or two other places. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. I'm not uh, going to say it. I know I said it. Don't worry. I don't know. I said it. It's nothing from your side. It's, it's off the record. Uh, Willem, uh, for, uh, lastly, uh, for all the supporters out there, uh, what message would you like to give to the public ahead of this uh, weekend's fixture against the Bulls? Against the Sharks, yeah. I, I think, you know, sorry, yeah. I, I send out a request that they all wear something blue-orientated uh, blue on Saturday, even though they're not allowed to attend the, the game per se. You know, the, the team feeds from the energy. The team feeds from the from the support. Uh, I mean, it's still you can still be all over social media so showing your support, support etc. So uh, that, that, that will be a bonus. And, and once things return to normal, and we hopefully have won the, the Curry Cup there and have won now all four professional titles. And I think, you know, we look forward to, to having them at Loftus. You know, we want to create a Loftus experience. 
We want to be world-class on and off the field. And um, this thing will pass. Uh, you know, I was trying to sound like President Ramaphosa, but this thing will pass. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, sooner than later. And then uh, we can all return to our favorite stadium, which is Loftus Fersche. I'll mm. get behind our Bulls team. And uh, for us, from a Bulls perspective, our big thing going forward will be consistency. We will, we want to perform consistently. We want to keep on winning every competition we play in. It's as simple as that. And I think our supporters can see that uh, that something is happening in, in Pretoria for sure. No, hundred uh, percent, Willem. Uh, Willem Strauss, Mania Willem Strauss. Uh, thanks for joining us on the bench, Roma. All the best this weekend against the Bulls. I'm mean, against the Sharks. Sorry. Thanks, Cork. It was nice talking to you. And uh, yeah, thank you for your support as well. All right, so that was Willem Strauss, the Bulls president. After the break, we chat to Etienne Finn, the Sharks' forwards coach, who is also a former Bok himself. So do stay tuned on Madiba's radio, the best youth station in the Bay. You know, there are times where before you say something, you got to think hard and deep because there's a greater possibility, there's a reflection of either the psyche, the mentality, the character in the person, or it reflects a bit of background. And for fear of exposing where you come from, you think twice and consider perspective. In your face. In the, in the olden days when Jesus Christ went on through his lessons, he was never specific in his references. He would always use symbols. Because whenever a symbol is used in a process where something has to be rectified, none of us gets consumed. If I were to refer to somebody who would I would put it like that because I am. But if I were not, then I would put it in a way that has respect in what I'm referring to. I hope you understand. I don't... Uh, welcome, Etienne, on the bench, Roma. Uh, firstly, congrats on making it to the final of the Colin Curry Cup. How good does that feel as the forwards coach of the Sharks? Uh, yeah, Nathan, it's an uh, awesome uh, achievement, but on the part of the boys, uh, really, eh? the, the, the men who've gotten us here, um, as is well documented, the, the Sharks have had uh, pretty up and down from the start of Super Rugby, uh, unlocked into the Curry Cup, mostly due to the challenges of COVID and some inopportune injuries. Um, So it's a massive achievement getting there. Uh, The cherry and the cake, of course, will be winning, especially at Loftus. Of course, especially at Loftus. I mean, they haven't won the um, the, uh, Curry Cup themselves in a very long time. Ethan, before we get to the Sharks, let us us know briefly how you rose as being the uh, Sharks sports coach. I mean, you are a Springbok after all. So just briefly... Uh, let the, the public know about your profile as a coach. As a coach? Yeah. Well, I, I started coaching when I was still playing as a, a means to earn extra income as a, you know, when you're knocking on the provincial door. So I've been coaching way back from uh, the late 90s, early 2000s, initially at primary schools. And yeah, from being the assistant forward coach to my the uh, first division side, the Premier League side, Jaggers Rugby Club back in 2000, um, to becoming a Springbok at the end of 2000. Um, so I've always had an eye on coaching and 
been influenced by my coaches from my under 13 years all the way through. And uh, post my playing career, I started coaching at Wentworth Rugby Club. Wentworth is a, a color, a former, well, it is a color community in Durban. And I live right next door to Wentworth. I married a girl from Wentworth. So I started my senior coaching career there. After which I moved on to uh, national, well, they have been national champion, champions, college rovers, uh, coaching together with Sean Everett, who I coach with now. Uh, two years of that. Uh, and starting to coach with the Sharks junior sides in the 19s and the 20s, started working at the academy, mm. continued coaching the junior sides, uh, became scrum coach to the Sharks over well over a decade. Um, and yeah, now I'm here. Yeah, I mean, you did mention the, the academy. Uh, what impact has the academy played on the success of the union um, currently? Um, the academy has always been a... a the bedrock of the Sharks, and we always try to improve ourselves uh, and get the youngsters who are leaving school to come in and go through the systems. On occasion, it hasn't really worked out, um, but most of the time, we get, we get it right. Mm. I mean, it's very important to have that feeder system going as well. Um, transformation has been a big uh, area con- of concern or talking point recently, and the latest uh, stats provided by SA Rugby magazine more than half the squad is made up of um, players of colour. How has the organisation embraced um, this, um, this topic? Are you referring to the recruitment of players of colour or are you referring uh, to information as a whole? Information as a whole and there's just a general recruitment as well if you are interested in, in sharing more information than that too. Well, I'm not physically involved with recruitment besides at academy level. Um, I can say that uh, the Sharks have driven an incredibly uh, unique campaign and pretty pretty much sums up how we approach it in that I see colour. Mm. Um, the Sharks have always been a very cosmopolitan um, team, squad maker of people from Bethlehem to people from Potchefstroom to people from Port Elizabeth, Dansani, Langa and Cape Town. We've always been open uh, to everyone. And I see that physically, you can see that on the field and how the players interact with each other yes. and how they perform. And they perform with a smile on their face. And that's what the Sharks are all about. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the American investment company, M- MVM Holdings. Uh, can you briefly talk us through how they came to the party and were prepared to invest with the Sharks? Um, I mean, let's not forget, uh, before they climbed on board with the Sharks, they were in financial talks with the Western Province Rugby, but obviously that failed. Um, second part of the question, do you think for foreign investment will be beneficial for rugby, especially in South Africa? Uh, the first part of it, uh, then I will say, I, I had no dealings with it, so I can't comment on it. Yeah, yeah. From a from a investment and sporting negotiation that was all done by the CEO Idrisia and his team. Uh, I know that uh, Brian Fonzale, the president of the KZNU, was also involved with those negotiations. Um, how they will benefit us is simply by having international exposure to the Sharks brand and also international input into what works in other sports and how the Sharks as a brand and as a rugby team can improve by exposure and influence of those other sports. So we all, we all as a coaching team and I know the, the playing team as well see there's a really positive step in the, in the right direction and it's an exciting time to be involved with the Sharks. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, pre- previously, I spoke to Willem Strauss, so the president of the Bull of the Bulls franchise, and he identified that SA, right, uh, South Africa is currently facing a massive problem of players players leaving and playing abroad. How can we, or let me say, SA rugby prevent this from happening? Um, so yeah. So Nathan, I don't think you can ever prevent it from happening because it's a simple matter of someone trying to maximize his career earnings. Mm over a window, if he's lucky, of six to eight years, if he's very lucky, eight to ten years, of making decent money. So I don't think you can ever minimize it. What you can do is identify and target those players that you don't want to leave the country. An example would be Sia Kulisi. You want the captain of South Africa staying and playing in the country. And I expect economically you've got to manufacture and uh, uh, make ways of um, making sure that financially is uh, compensated to remain in the country. Um, mm. But for a guy who's making X amount of money and he knows he can make X plus Y going to play Euros in Europe or Yen in Japan, I don't think you can stop it because mm. it's, it's about hands and cents and him maximizing his career earnings. Besides seeing the world, and I do think that the passport um, people trying to under using rugby to get uh, other nationalities is overemphasized in people talking about a player drain. I think the primary reason for player, any player leaving is always economic. Mm. I agree too. I mean, obviously, there's just the, the I, our currency rate doesn't really allow for players to, to stay in the country. Um, but obviously, sticking on to the point of, of player movement or uh, transfer, or the, let me say the transfer window, are there any players that are being signed by the union? And uh, are there any players leaving after the season? I mean, let me remind you, um, Willem Strauss did, mean, did um, give out a, a bit of information um, about the, his signings and obviously the players leaving from the Bulls. Look, uh, Nathan, I, I wouldn't. That you'd have to speak to coach, uh, the head coach Sean Everett about yeah. that. I, I wouldn't comment on that. Who's staying? Who's leaving? But at the end of every campaign, there will always be players leaving and players staying. I do. I am aware that a, a guy like JP Peterson is going to be involved with the coaching ranks, but mm. he, he's starting to that, that journey. But uh, as concerns all current or players retiring or coming to the end of contract, that's. Sean Everett, he, he, he needs to speak about that. And of course, the CEO, Edward Kutsia, that's their purview. It's not mine. All right. Um, but uh, now let's move on to the Sharks. Um, obviously, now we've seen the COVID-19 happen. Um, we've, we've experienced uh, the Super Rugby Unlock Challenge and a bit of Curry Cup, Colin Curry Cup. I mean, we only have one fixture left. Now, in your, in your experience with these two competitions, how has COVID, COVID affected you guys as, as a team or as a squad? Look, I think various cultures have alluded to it and said quite straight out. One, the conditions in which we train and playing are foreign to everyone. Mm. Two, with COVID, uh, positive cases and contacts and isolation, there's been disruption by well over 80 to 90% of the squad mm. over the course of the campaign. Um, I don't think there's one team that is, has been able to pick the same starting side for three weeks in a row which is indicative of um, the challenges that COVID brings. Mm. And, I mean, my last point of it is nobody goes out there to try and mess up. Everybody goes out to win. And to win in this type of weather means you've got to take a conservative way. Mm. Um, the ball's super slippery. Uh, if you're playing at the coast, it is very humid. 
Mm. If you're playing up country, it can be extremely hot. So there's nu- numerous challenges that uh, rugby is a traditional winter sport that players haven't been exposed to or previously exposed to. Having said all that, catch and pass remains catch and pass. Yeah, basics. So the basic skills of the game, the basic skills of the game, guys have got to own those areas, yes. Yeah, but I mean... I'll- I mean, I think it's it's uh, the, it's going to be a permanent uh, thing for 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 um, for the for the competition to be played in summertime now. So obviously, with it, uh, and adapting to to these conditions, and obviously with COVID nineteen, what will he take out of or lessons will he take out the, of of this season moving forward? I mean, the, there is the franchise cup coming up soon, and obviously the Rainbow Cup as well. Just remember. Our public and our players haven't been tested against international teams. The international teams that will be playing at home during that time period. So I think you, I think you'll see a lot of similar type of uh, attack organisation and so on when we play at home, and that will transition to how you have to play in Europe. Um, it's I mean you see uh, these teams like Alliance and Munster which played the past weekend. Playing very attractive multi-phase rugby. Those players are very used to those conditions. So it's not impossible to play like that. There's an adaptation that has to take place. And I can almost guarantee you our our teams and our our players are good enough to make that uh, adaptation. And you'll see a different Mm. quality of a long-term once starting the next competition. You'll see it. Of course. Um, now, a lot of teams have emphasized of, of getting players um, from overseas who've, who've been playing with uh, pro, pro, 16, pro 16 teams or, or other European teams. Do you think it will be um, uh, um, an important an item to, or tool to use for you guys um, as a team in going forward to when you guys play against the, in the Rainbow Cup? Look, it's, it's important to have a reference point both from a coaching and player um, uh, exposure. So players and coaches have been there and done it and played in those environments. I, I will think after two or three games, the uh, adaptation will take place. It will mm. happen. You know, you realize from a scrum perspective, you've got to adjust your stance a certain way. From the fly of receiving the ball from the 10, from the 9, maybe he's got to stand a bit closer, you know, that kind of thing. So the guys will make that uh, those transitions. So. Mm. Our public can be very harsh sometimes. But yeah, of course. And uh, now let's move on to this like week. Bosch, extremely talented. He, I think he's gonna he's getting better and better. Yeah, I mean we've seen that his his progression from a great PE already. So I mean he's doing well for himself. Now let's move on to um, this week. Let's move on to this weekend's fixture versus the Bulls. What can we expect uh, from the Sharks this weekend? As they as I see, uh, they kept the same mass day twenty three. I mean they announced it today. I think. Hmm. Well, you'll see what we're about, you know. Um, incredible passion, hard work, on-field work ethic, taking opportunities when they're presented, and just getting off the line and into people's faces. That's what we're about. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think someone like Apolele Fassi is going to hit the line and excite people. Uh, Yao is doing incredibly well. Mm. Spoon Nikosi is an absolute warrior. Mm. So... They kick to us. I think they'll they'll be punished by those guys. And mm. our forwards are up for the challenge as well. I think it's going to be a ding dong affair, and uh, it's going to be. I wouldn't. I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. But yeah. very few Cup finals are pretty. Mm. But it's certainly going to be a ding dong affair. Yeah. 
Now, uh, as, a, as a Sharks coach, what would your message be for your players? Uh, Norche noted, uh, noted um, earlier this week, not a lot of, of the players have been in finals before. So, I mean, what, what message would you be providing to your players? Well, there's a, more than a few of our players who've been in finals. I, I don't necessarily think that's the case of uh, the, the Bulls. Um, so, it's about keeping the youngsters calm and on the same page and relying on those older, more experienced heads to guide the guys through uh, the speed bumps. And there's always speed bumps in every game. Just be calm, focus on the next job and execute that. Right. Lastly, do you have a message for your fans and supporters uh, or for the so-called the people's team before this weekend's final? Uh, well, you know, uh, all of our uh, supporters are valued. And uh, I just went to go get a bunny chow for the coaches <laughs> earlier. Yeah? And we had a gentleman telling us, hey, you know, good luck and go mm. for it. Standing in line waiting to pay. So, shop supporters, thank you very much. Continue to back us and the boys will try and make you proud. Uh, thanks, Etienne, um, for joining us on the bench, Omer. Uh, all the best this weekend against the Bulls. Cheers, Nathan. Thank you. Eh? Cool. So that was Etienne Finn, the Sharks force coach. So that concludes today's show on the bench room on Madiba's radio. Um, remember the Colin Cup um, final takes place on Saturday at 3pm live on Grandstand and Rugby Channels on Supersport, the home of champions. So for myself, we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, catch us same time next week between 5 and 6pm on Madiba's radio, the best youth station in the Bay.